Welcome everybody back to Friar Talk today. We're going to be doing a, a little bit of a Q&A episode. Before we get into the Q&A though, we are going to be talking about uh, Fangraph's top 100 prospect list that came out today. Um, just because there's a lot of exciting names on there. Um, we'll definitely talk about Jackson Merrill and you know, some of the guys that on the, on the Padres list that are on that on that top 100 list. Um, and then first thing we're going to do though, is we're going to, we're going to build the best pod race lineup for this season. Like what we think it should look like. Um, hopefully get some, some comments in the, in the audience and stuff on that, but we'll start doing that. If you guys have any questions, feel free to ask them now and we'll start ask, answering them a little bit later. Um, but let's, let's think about this, you know, ideal lineup for the Padres next season. Uh, Bob Melvin had some comments on it. Basically Xander came up to him, said, Hey, like I don't want to hit in the two hole. I, I don't like hitting the two hole. And and Bob Melvin told him, yeah, Juan Soto is our number two hitter, very clearly. Because as we know, Juan Soto is probably one of the very best two hitters you could have, kind of optimal guy for that spot. Um, so it sounds like Xander is going to hit four, maybe, maybe first. Um, you could have Manny hitting three most likely, but outside of that, the lineup's not really built. So Isaac, if you're thinking about how you would want to build this lineup. What would it look like with Fernando Tatis in it? Yeah, um, Bob Melvin was on Ben and Woods today, and he was kind of just talking about the lineup construction and what he's thinking right now. And um, brought, I think it was Xander Bogarts. They interviewed Xander Bogarts, and Bogey said that um, <clears throat> he just doesn't want to hit two. His career numbers at two are not as good as wherever else he has hit in Boston. Um, so obviously he's not going to be hitting two, and even if he did want to hit two, Juan, Juan Soto is locked in, according to Bob Melvin. Manny Machado is locked into three. So now you're uh, you're you're in quite a not a dilemma. This is a great dilemma, but there's a decision to be made. Do you want Fernando to get the most at bats, or do you want Fernando to get potentially the most opportunities with runners in scoring position? Um, I think it should be more reliant on that question rather than where does Xander Bogarts perform better? Because you can also make the argument. Apparently, Jake Cronenworth is locked into five um, for now. Uh, you could also make the argument you don't want Xander Bogarts and Jake Cronenworth back-to-back because when you have those runners in scoring position, those two don't provide you as much power as a guy like Fernando. So that could be a big deciding factor. You want more power at the plate when you have maybe even bases loaded with Bogarts, Soto, and Machado. You want Fernando at the plate to try and bring them all in. Um, however, if you have Fernando, Juan Soto, Manny Machado on base, and Xander Bogarts is up, and then Jake Cronenworth um, – you don't have as much power there as you would with Fernando slotted into that four spot. However, I could completely understand if you want Fernando leading off because you want him to get the most at bats. Statistically, he's performed very, very well in that leadoff spot. He's the electricity in that leadoff spot. He's phenomenal there. So with my lineup, I think I would prefer Fernando batting cleanup um, and Xander Bogart batting first. Uh, just because I do want Fernando to get a lot more RBI opportunities and seeing how this is kind of Fernando's first time playing a major league baseball game in 18 months, a year and a half. I want him to kind of settle in. And I feel like throwing him out there, getting him the most at-bats isn't 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 ideal to start the season. But when he starts picking it up, maybe there's some numbers that support that one's better against lefties and one of them is better against righties. Um, in that case, you could flip-flop them. But, yeah, in, in my lineup, Bogarts, Soto, Machado, Tatis, Cronenworth, Nelson Cruz slash Matt Carpenter, Hassan Kim, Austin Nola, Trent Grisham. So, 
I'm almost the exact same as you. And I think the the bottom of the order, I think that's what it'll look like too. I think you want Cruz or Carpenter hitting six. I think that you would just kind of feel like they're a little bit stronger, especially in terms of slugging, than Kim, Nola. And then I think you really want Grish hitting nine just because he struggled so much, but he still provides you getting on base a decent amount. He, he has speed. Your one through four are stupid. So, like, if he gets on, that's a good plus. Um, and honestly, I guess you, that's a good argument for Nola hitting eighth as well, just because, like, another guy gets on base at a high clip. So I think that's definitely how it has to look on, like, the back end. The only difference is I would hit Fernando leadoff, and I'd hit uh, Bogart's uh, cleanup. Just because, I, I don't know, for me, I think it's extremely menacing to start the game with Tatis and Soto <laughs> every single time. Like, yeah. I think having... And it's not like you wouldn't you wouldn't have them back to back, but like you would have Soto, Manny, Tatis. That's still ridiculous. Like any way you do, it, it's gonna be fine. But I do like Tatis at leadoff. I also just feel like he's a bigger threat on the base paths. Yes, he hits a lot of home runs, and he's gonna hit a lot of solo home runs. But we saw a lot of times he would start the game like that. Like he's hit a lot of first hitting home runs throughout his career. Um, so I feel like I don't know. I, that's what I would. That's what I would pick. So. That's the only difference I have. But I, you, yeah. I could see either way. Like, I get more RBI opportunities. I also think that Xander's – he's a better contact hitter, right? Yeah. So yeah, there's, no, there, there's no problem with flip-flopping either of them. I mean, it's a great – it's a great kind of thing to kind of experiment with throughout the season. Um, I think when the season starts, obviously, it's probably going to be something like Xander, Soto, Manny, uh, Nelson Cruz slash Matt Carpenter, Jake Cronenworth, Ha-Sung Kim – Whoever the hell is playing left field, Austin Nola and Trent Grisham. Um, that's probably going to be the starting lineup at first. But as soon as Fernando comes back, flip-flopping Fernando or Xander, Fernando and Xander, one through four, or one and four, is not. it's not a bad problem. Um, I think it's just a matter of I like having Fernando bring guys in. I like giving him that opportunity much more. Because a lot of the times when Fernando would hit in 2021, it felt like so many of Fernando's home runs were just solo shots. And I would like a lot of more of his opportunities, a lot more of his 30 to 40 home runs to come with runners in scoring position, come with runners on base to kind of clear the bases. Um, however, numbers do show Fernando is an ecstatic, an amazing leadoff hitter. Um, and the Padres do tend to excel whenever he kind of is that table setter. So there's no right or wrong. I think the lineup that we've created other than those two is going to be the ideal lineup. Um, you got Fernando or Xander at the top, both able to get on at a high clip. Only difference, Fernando has a lot more power at the top than Xander does. Xander's probably going to top out at 20 home runs, something like that. But the OPS is there. The OPS plus is there. He's a phenomenal hitter. Put up a 6-1 war last year. Um, Juan Soto, I mean, the guy's the favorite for the MVP right now. Uh, one of the favorites for the MVP right now. I believe he's either first, second, or third. Um, one of the best hitters in the game currently, one of the best hitters ever at his age, locked into two right there. You're starting to see it kind of throughout the league. Your best hitter starting to hit two. Um, Manny Machado put up a, a seven war, um, an amazing OPS. I can't name him off the top of my head, but it's a crazy number for OPS and OPS+. Plus. Um 32 home runs in that three slot. He's going to be locked in there. He's been locked in there almost his whole time with the Padres. Um, and then you got the four spot, 
I've already talked about both Fernando and Xander. Jake Cronenworth, I feel like people will kind of argue that Cruiser Carpenter should be fifth and then Jake Cronenworth sixth. Um, I, I could see that argument just because maybe Cruz and Carpenter do provide a little more power, but come on, Jake, Jake's hit 20-something home runs before. Jake has shown the power um, to the pull side of the field. Like Jake, Jake is a great hitter, and I think last year was kind of a down year for him at the plate, and I think he's going to come back up to like a seven. 760 780 OPS type thing and and hopefully hit 18 to 20 homers. Um it's also that you don't want to have too many righties at a time because if you go Manny, Xander, Cruz, that's three righties. Manny Xander Carpenter makes a little more sense, but ideally you want to spread out Soto, Cronenworth, and Carpenter. Um, but the rest kind of plays itself out. Hassan Kim uh, good year last year. Doesn't hit for much power, but um, kind of that electrifier at the bottom at the bottom of the lineup. Um, Austin Nola doesn't hit for much power. Kind of hits for some average. Um, but and maybe we in, see a little bit of Campy. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. You know, Camposano hopefully is able to – this is a big year for Camposano. Um, hopefully he's able to display some power that I feel like we've been missing at the catcher's position for a little while now. Jorge Alfaro did display some power, but he, he wasn't good enough behind the plate. And even sometimes at the plate, he would strike out a lot. So even though he provided some power, there were a lot of a lot of um, weaknesses in his game that didn't provide him enough opportunities at the plate. So hopefully Camposano was able to provide the power that we kind of need from, or not even necessarily need, but need in the sense that we just need an upgrade from Austin Nola in the power department or even just because I feel like Austin Nola with runners on does not provide you as much value as what Camposano can if he's able to hit um, so much as like a seven. Because remember, Austin Nola's OPS was like, what, 640? A 700, a 720 OPS from Camposano would be nice. Um, and then Trent Grisham, I feel like he's going to be locked in the nine. I feel like that's almost a sure thing. Second leadoff, um, the problem with – the whole second leadoff thing, if you if they do go with that or if that does apply to Trent Grisham, is that he didn't get a lot on a lot last year. But his specialty used to be getting on. He used to get on a lot. Um, he's a great base runner, and he's lucky he's a damn good fielder. Um, but I, I honestly do think Trent Grisham's going to put up a 3-3-5 three to three, five war this year. So it's a great lineup. It's hard with Trent Grisham because he walked 10% of the time last year. But when you hit a... When you hit a buck eighty, it's hard to have a good uh, on base percentage. That's the that's the problem there. Yeah. If he's if he's like any better, that would be huge for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's pretty good on the lineup. I mean, I feel like that's unless someone I saw a couple lineups that were pretty similar, if not like a couple things changed. But I feel like it's pretty set. That's a good thing to have. Yeah. Remember, like when the Padres weren't good, it was like you could just sit anyone anywhere because yeah, yeah, doesn't look like yeah. that anymore. It doesn't really so. matter where anyone hit. Yeah, now it's like, ah, oh, it doesn't really matter how you do your top four, but, like, they're all going to be amazing. So it's, yeah. it's, it's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I feel like that's that's pretty good on the lineup. Uh, another thing we want to talk about before we get into any questions, uh, the Fangraph's top 100 prospect list dropped. There were two Padres on it, um, Jackson Merrill, Samuel Zavala. Um, Zavala was ranked 84th, and let me see, Merrill was ranked, I got it right here, 10th. So 
not a lot of Padres on there. No Dylan Lesko. I think it's probably because they haven't seen him. They want to see how he looks after surgery, stuff like that. Um, but Isaac, what, what were your thoughts on first off the Padre guys being on there? I feel like we're starting to get a lot of hype for Zavala. I think that's super cool. Um, we've talked about him. He's 18 years old right now. So you don't really see guys when they're 16, 17 in that top 100 list uh, early on. I feel like Zavala is kind of a guy where it looks like that's what sauce is going to be like, where he's going to get in when he's 18 years old, where he's still a teenager and he's going to reach that top 100 list. But I think that we've seen how this Padres farm has consistently looked where sometimes it doesn't look like they have a lot of crazy prospects. And then as these guys get older, they just shoot all the way up because they have absurd tools. Zavala is a guy like that. Jackson Merrill is a guy like that as well. Um, Padres, that middle farm, they might not be very good at developing that, but it does feel like they're able to either trade guys or maybe not develop them, but mostly trade them. Um, but they're able to get them to a point where they're worth a lot in terms of prospect capital. Um, and it seems like they have two studs right there. So what do you think about those two guys and, and anyone else that isn't mentioned on that list? That's a Padres prospect right now. Yeah. Um, I don't know too much about, about all I know about Sam as is he's high velocity. He's young and he's got a lot of potential. Um, <clears throat> So, I mean, him being 84 at such a young age is obviously very impressive, and it's a sign that he's only going to shoot up um, in his future. I think the more impressive thing is Jackson Merrill um, kind of already being a top, what was he, number 10? A top 10 prospect, on at least on fan graphs. Um, very impressive. I mean, apparently uh, the only person in that tier that kind of, um, how can I say it, has similarities or rivals his hit tool is a guy we traded away, James Wood. They both have 70 hit tool type thing. I, I I think they both have 70 hit tool. So two of the best hitters in in all of minor, I guess you could say minor league baseball, but two of the best hitting prospects in all of baseball right now. Um, but Jackson Merrill, I mean, he seems like a very fun player. You see him in, in, in kind of those spring training videos. He seems like a very fun, personable person. Um, and I'm excited to see where he goes because I think – I think they've kind of made it a priority to say, like, we don't I don't think they want to trade Jackson Merrill. Um, I, I think they have a plan to kind of throw him at second, throw him at third, whatever they got to do. But he's kind of a player that I think can play a little all over the field, um, clearly is showing uh, the hitters tool that we kind of desire. Um, he's put on some muscle. He's bulking up. And I think this would be a very valuable player for the Padres. I think one of the main things AJ Perler has said recently is that along with the stars on this team, the stars that require a lot of money. Um, AJ Preller does want to incorporate some youth. He wants to get Jackson Merrill up there to, to be a quality player. Same thing with Luis Campusano, hopefully Ryan Weathers as well. He wants to get some of these young guys in there because we're going to need them. He knows we're going to need them. So uh, Jackson Merrill rising up this fast is, is incredible. Um, even dude, Ethan Salas is supposed to play in spring training, I guess. So, I mean, that was fast. Um, great for him. He's going to be someone that's going to be on that prospects list real soon. Dylan Lesko at one oh, what was like one oh three, something like that. So just outside of the top one hundred by this time next year or in two years, he's going to be hopefully top fifty. I, I think he is that good. Um, has an amazing changeup. So I, I'm very excited to see what what these prospects do. Um, Gil brought up Devries. I, I think that's how you say his name. Um, he's one of the best, I guess he's like the best international prospect since uh, Wander Franco, something like that. So all these players that were traded away by the Padres from the farm system, it is being replenished really fast. And that's something that 
us and a lot of other people were saying is that even though Preller's dishing out a lot of prospects to go get these star players, he's going to be able to replenish them really fast because this is what he's really good at doing. This is what he came up doing. So a lot of props to AJ Preller, man. He's he's doing a fantastic job. Yeah, and you look at that uh, DeVries, I think that's how you say it. Uh, top prospect, Solace top prospect, Lesko, like steal of the draft, as a lot of people feel like. All of a sudden, those are three high-end prospects that you add after the farm system was supposedly completely gutted and the worst in the MLB. It's going to be a mid-tiered farm in a couple of years. Like, it definitely will be. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's what I'm kind of thinking there. Uh, in terms of other guys, I think you said, uh, first of all, you said, hi, Velo. You're thinking of Susana, huh? Oh, yes, that's right. Susana that's got right. – okay. Because I was thinking, I mixed up their names earlier today too. Actually, um, Zavala is the outfielder. He's pretty athletic. Oh, yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. 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 I see what you're saying. Yeah. 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 I remember. Susana that. though. Um. Yeah. Susana's gone. <laughs> um. Oh, but yeah, Zavala's there, and then apparently Lesko was was ranked like one one hundred seven or one ten something like that. And then I see a bunch of these comments. Hassel fell. Hassel's not in the top one hundred. He completely oh, yeah. fell off after he got traded. <clears throat> And yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. Remember when? Remember when everyone had hassle over James Wood, and then James Wood in the trade. Like it was very clear that the Nationals viewed James Wood as the best player, and then they trade him. And then sure enough, James Wood is third. Hassle's out of the top one hundred. That's wild because like last off this time they were flipped. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. It's honestly really crazy to see how fast like. This whole prospect stuff happened. Same thing happened to Mackenzie Gore. Maybe not that drastic, but same exact thing happened to Mackenzie Gore. Um, went from being a top five overall prospect in baseball to falling down to like the 50s on MLB. And I don't know what he fell down to on other sides, but he fell down really, really fast. Um, it, is, it is crazy seeing how fast, I guess, life flips on you. I mean, I don't know what else to really say. Um, but... Yeah, James Wood. I mean, his his um, his ascension to being one of the best prospects in baseball it was inevitable. I think he has loads and loads and loads of raw potential, raw power. Um, maybe not even raw power anymore. He's already kind of developing to a player that um, everyone thinks is going to be a star outfielder. He's got he's a monster. He's like six seven, uh, maybe even taller than that. I don't know how much he weighs, but he is a monster. Um, and for that size, he is still a pretty fast player. So um, he projects to be a good outfielder. He projects to be a, a great power hitter. So, um, you know, a lot of props to James Wood. I'm excited to see how he does shoot. I'm excited to see how all those players do. James Wood, Mackenzie Gore, C.J. Abrams, Robert Hassel. Um, but I, I am one that pauses at making comparisons in, like, James Wood is the next this. James Wood is the next that. James Wood can be this good because that the prospects are insanely volatile, Vol- super. So, um, you know, I was actually having a, a small conversation with someone on Twitter today because they were like, inevitably, we're going to lose this Juan Soto trade. And I was like, uh, how I I don't think it's inevitable that we lose this Juan Soto trade. We're two years away from finding that out. You, uh, look, the odds of any of those players becoming Juan Soto, crazy minimal, crazy minimal. So, in no way, shape, or form did we 
lose that trade? Are we going to lose that trade? One World Series, even if we go to one, I'll consider it a win. If Juan Soto wins one MVP here, or even finishes top five, I'll consider it a win. Because the odds of those other players doing it are not very high. Not only that, the Nationals, are. what are the odds of them re-signing those guys? Even if they're good. That's a good point. Also, you said you didn't want to comp James Wood to anyone. If you had the if you had the comp him, there's like a clear comp, right? Oh god, everyone's gonna say Aaron Judge, huh? Well, yeah, but but like but like a more like like slim down. Because of the size, I think Aaron weighs a little bit more than him, a little bit stronger. Um, but he, I mean, he's a center fielder. Like Judge is a center fielder. They just don't want to play him in center field because that's really reckless to do with a guy that's hitting sixty plus home runs. Um, I don't think he's gonna become that. But like, who do you think people want to see, dude? Because that was like Judge coming up, like. He wasn't as, I mean, actually kind of similar. He was picked like 30th. And what was the second rounder? So that is the comp that everyone's going to say, though. Of course. Of course. It's inevitable. Some some comps are easy, bro. Some comps are like, oh, he's a six foot seven, 250 center fielder. Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge. There it is. (laughs) Literally. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to see what other guys that caught my eye. Oh, what's his name? Uh, where is it? Corbin Carroll. Corbin Carroll is going to be no, raw. He's a top five prospect right now. What, what was he on Fangraphs? He's number two. Gun, uh, Gunnar Henderson's Henderson. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gunnar Henderson, Corbin Carroll, James Wood. Um, and then it goes off. Drew Jones is ranked eighth. Oh, wow. Already. That's pretty good. Yeah, that is really good. <laughs> really <the> early. <laughs> um, but, dude, there's a, there's a lot of sweet prospects. Like, yeah. A lot of names that are like pretty like oh yeah that guy's gonna be really good. Most yeah likely. yeah yeah. What about um, um what about Matt Holiday's kid? Uh, what was the name Jackson Holiday? Jackson Holiday. Oh, he's up there too. He's he's ninth. Bro, they just got drafted. Dude, oh I know. God. Isn't that crazy? Um, what about what's his name? Tamar, Tamar. He just got drafted by the Pirates. I forgot his name, but um. Yeah, man, there's a lot of good prospects coming up. This past draft was a really deep draft. This upcoming or uh so you know it's it's good to see. Um hopefully hopefully Lesko pans out. Um because God knows we need pitching. By the way, Tamar Tamar Johnson, infielder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a twenty-first. Twenty-first. Oh wow, it's pretty good too. Yeah, the, the rookies are way up there. Yeah, they're it usually there. takes them a little bit. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. Um, oh, what happened to Joshua Mears? Someone's asking. Uh, he's just been hurt, right? Was, no, I think he, he just. Been hurt? I don't no, Onya's been that. hurt. I, I think he just. But he was uh, hurt too. I, I don't know. I, I think he might just have fell off. I mean, he had his little stint. Yeah. It's because well, it's I think it was like batting practice of him, and everyone's like, "Oh my god." <laughs> yeah, it's just bad. Like, oh my god. I just saw him hit one pitch 500 feet. Like, bro, you don't understand how often this dude strikes out. Oh, yeah. He, dude, he didn't get hurt. He just moved up and down a bunch last year. So he started in rookie ball. Then he went to high A. Uh, and then he went to San Antonio. And then in San Antonio, he hit under 160. Oh. Only 83 at bats, though. So this mm. is a big year for him in, ter- in terms of developing, too. Yeah. He just doesn't hit. Yeah, he doesn't hit. He does walk though. He walks he a lot. Power. It's cool to have he power. Walks a lot. Yeah. It has good power. 
Oh God, it's Joey Gallo, isn't it? <laughs> that's that's the new comp. Oh, You're... I heard yeah, the Gallo comp. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. one. Um, apparently, Gil says he regained some form late in Double uh, A last season. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, he definitely. Um, let's see. Who, who else are you guys looking at? I want to see. Um, has Campy graduated? Yeah, Campy's. I'm pretty sure Campy's yeah, Campy graduated. graduated yeah. mm-hmm. Um. Solace is going to outplay. What do you think of this one? Solace is going to outplay Campion Nola this spring training and become the starting catcher. That would that I mean it's not gonna happen, but it's a fun, wow, it's a fun that comment. Is funny. That is funny. I I that was that would be lovely if he outplayed them. He might outplay them, but they're not gonna start him. Yeah, they're not gonna start him. Can you even start a guy if he's under 18 years old? I mean, probably. <laughs> that, would that would be really uh, crazy. Can you imagine being 16, 17 years old going up against Max Scherzer or Justin Verlander? <laughs> You're literally a kid. <laughs> it's already crazy enough when you see a guy that's like 21 or 22. Yeah, it's crazy for me to see like Fernando going up against those guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he needs a worker's permit. <laughs> <laughs> He's only allowed to play like a certain amount of innings because he has like a time restriction. It's like, it's like, it's like when you're working and if you're in high school in California, at least if you're working in high school, you can only work the weekends. Yeah. And I think, I think you can only work four hours a day. <laughs> he gets two games a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so he scheduled, he is going to be in some games. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Apparent dude, apparently saw us as at bats in spring. were like really stupid. Good. Yeah. They're really good. Dude. If he, dude, if he's a guy that could come in, and catch at like 18 or something that would and like be a good player that would be so huge for the Padres timeline if they just added like oh, superstar. Yeah. hopefully like, because he gets talked about like that he doesn't get yeah, talked yeah. about like oh this guy like even like other guys that are good like even like jackson merrill dylan lesko um zavala right like he doesn't get talked about like that he talks like he is like premium blue chip talent like best yeah. of the best yeah, yeah. you know like it'd be great it's to see crazy i like 20 night or 19 uh, that's i feel like 19 is so I think, young i think 20 i think 20 or 21 is the key spot because i mean catchers do take a much longer time um which is why i've never understood like the frustration with campy because he's gonna take a long time catchers do tend to take a lot longer than other players um so you know we'll see Saul's up in his second year isn't out of the realm at all. That's interesting. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I know, know. Gil, I know you know ball well though. So yeah, Gil does. Yeah. That just seems super early. And then Ren says if if Salas debuts 18 minutes, <laughs> I'm down with that. I mean, what are you supposed to do at that point? You have to, right? Yeah, you have to. He'll be in like you're like six, just getting like underpaid out of his mind exactly that's, yeah, that, right that's the thing yeah you got to do the braves move <laughs> uh but yeah um yeah people are hyped about him yeah it's, it's crazy he's 16 years old that's insane yeah and and the um, crazy thing is if the padres if the verbal agreement goes through then he might not even be the top prospect it'll be devries apparently that that's true that's yeah. wild their their farm could look a lot better Dude, um, it's so crazy. He's so good at this. Yeah, it's it is true. 
Um, but yeah, what what questions do you guys have? Let's start. Let's start busting through some. See if there's anything. You know, spring training starting. I feel like this is not. This is not a very big spring. Not to be like a downer, but like. No. Yeah. 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 World Baseball Classic. Like. Uh, there's not a lot of like question marks. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw today. I think it was Dennis Lynn tweeted something like, basically there is kind of one bullpen spot open. Yes, yes, and it's between it's basically between Morahone and someone else. I forgot who. Um, but yeah, it's like there's not really much, dude. This is the bullpen. I feel like does not get talked about just because we do have. We did just add Xander Bogarts. We are getting Fernando Tatis back. We did trade for Juan Soto at the trade deadline. Um, we extended Nick Martinez. We picked up Seth Lugo. We picked up Michael Walker. But the bullpen, if you have Robert Suarez, Luis Garcia, and Josh Hader as your 7-8-9, you're winning almost every game that they come in. Yeah, 100%. Um, not to mention maybe Drew Pomeranz. Maybe uh, Tim Hill comes in in those situations. Craig Stammen's probably not going to be in, in any in those situations. So that's a W. Um, you know, there's a lot going well for that Padres bullpen. Um, so I'm enjoying it. While we get those questions in, Matt um, recently asked in those Padres videos, questions. Um, you get three wishes. What are they? Well, the first one is easy, and the other two don't matter. So you get unlimited wishes. <laughs> that's my answer too um, <laughs> I mean, duh. that's the only acceptable answer if someone asks you that I, I completely agree i completely agree i feel like that one was a very easy one let's say you can't let's say like the restriction is you can't get more wishes though i don't know dude i i don't think i'd even like i think i'm just like a not have to work <laughs> that might be one of them man that's probably that's honestly probably it like i think that'd be it yeah i, I think I, I think an unlimited stream of money is the one yeah yeah, yeah. that would solve some some things <laughs> yeah definitely a limited stream of money and i wouldn't say like health or any of that just because if i have an unlimited stream of money i could buy myself good health and all that um but to be able to (laughs) this is gonna be so funny to be able to hit 50 home runs and throw 100 miles per hour and have the best control ever so that way i could play in the mlb and be the next babe ruth joey (laughs) otani that's a good one um i don't know what the other one would be that would be pretty sick i think um Maybe to fl- be able to fly. Dude, to be able to fly would be, be so able to fly would be sick. <laughs> oh, I-, I don't know. To me, being Spider-Man for a day would sound really cool. So I, I don't know. Making that happen. That's kind of similar. It's a similar feeling, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Starting around buildings. What else? What were, what were the other ones? I don't know what they said. Um, but it's only been a day since we last did them, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. So just that one. Gotcha, gotcha. Maybe they had one today. I'll check. Apparently, Devin says that he thinks that you'd wish for infinite Padre hats. That That's a <laughs> good one. Him, that's a good one. I, I, have a, I have a decent rep. I have a decent collection right now. I'm trying to build on it. But Hat Club has not been hitting us with anything good. 
in and what I feel like anything good in terms of Padre hats. Um, they've had a off lot season. of good, yeah, off season. I don't know what it is, man. I feel like they've had so many good Astro hats, and I'm like, I'm always more tempted to get the Astro hats than the Padres hat because it's so much cooler. But I kind of just want to buy Padre hats for now. For now. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, we do have a couple of questions. Do you expect innings limits for any pitchers? Probably like Drew Pomerantz. It's it. Yeah, yeah. I think they're going to utilize a six-man rotation to just like stay away from like just overwhelming guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Quan Pham asks, uh, is Wilson making the bullpen? I think Morahone will make it over him. Morahone, I'd rather have Morahone in the Beal. I don't know about you. Hmm. Yeah, Um. what was the first question I'm trying to remember? Oh, innings, oh, innings limit. Yeah, um, so the innings limit at first it's going to be placed on Adrian Morahone. Um, that was the first and foremost thing said about Adrian Morahone at spring training. He will be on some sort of innings limit, um, probably out of the bullpen, something like that. So that's the first guy, Nick Martinez, building himself up. I'm actually very glad he's playing in the WBC because um, he's gonna be able to build himself up as a starter. Uh, so that that's a great thing. And the Padres are giving him things to work on while he's over there. So that's great. Um, Seth Lugo, not entirely sure. Dude, apparently Seth Lugo's curveball looks stupid, stupid at spring training. Something like 3,200 RPMs type thing. Like crazy. Um, so that's great. Uh, whether he transitions to a – I think to open the season he'll be a starter. Six-man rotation. There's a lot of games in a short time span to start the season. So I think six-man rotation will, will be optimal for the Padres to start. Uh, but other than that, I mean, you mentioned Drew Pomeranz. Definitely going to have an innings limit. I mean, he's probably going to have some sort of fake injury. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, I would love to see him back um, and kind of pitching close to full capacity towards the end of the season. So I'm super excited to see what he does. But those are the only two guys I can think of that will have any sort of limit. Um yeah, and then what was the next one? Um, do you think uh, – who do you think is going to make the pin? If it's Wilson, mm. Morahone, Nabil, and then also there's a follow-up question. Does uh, – would Wilson just go down to the minors? I, I, I don't know if Wilson has any options left. He could get DFA. Um, yeah, I'm I know Nabil sure. has I, one option. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. I think, I think to start the season, I think Wilson will make it – um, will make that that kind of final spot, and I don't think that'd be a bad decision. I don't think it'd be. I mean, you could it, it's pick or choose. I think Wilson to start the season would be a little better, just give Marhone a little more time to ramp up and kind of become the reliever that we really want him to be. Um, but if it's Marhone, I mean, I'll I'll be more excited if it's Marhone than Wilson. Uh, I, I'm a big Adrian Marhone fan for sure. I think we all are. Uh, apparently, that's my twin. So uh, ride or die. Guess I'm right or die for my twin. Um, and then the other one, so if Morhone wins the job. Yeah, I don't know if Wilson has any more options. We'll we'll definitely do a little more research on on Wilson and Morhone in terms of the oh Wilson apparently has three options. So I could see okay, I could see that happening as well. Um, but overall, man, it, it's a good problem to have. Someone I think AJ Casavell did also bring up who Arthur just brought up, Jose Lopez. Uh, apparently, he's a very interesting guy to. To, to kind of monitor in terms of that bullpen spot. So there's a few guys that are competing, man. And competition is great because I feel like last year we we didn't have the best bullpen to start the season 
Taylor Rogers. We, I mean, we acquired him um, to start the season and, and he was great for a little while, but crazy fall off, crazy fall off. Um, and then Luis Garcia was mad to start the season. Tim Hill had a really tough start to the season. Craig Salmon is not good. Um, you know, there was a lot of, of bad bullpen showing, and it's great to see that at the start of the season we're expecting more more good bullpen showings. Yeah, I feel like it's – I mean, I feel like compared to this, the end of last year, it's pretty much the same bullpen, like basically the exact same thing. But mm-hmm. early last year, the, like you said, the bullpen was struggling. Not, not only did you not have like some of the same players – but also, like like you said, Tim Hill was struggling, um, and you just had some guys not really playing super well early on. Um, but then at the end of the year, like all of a sudden, that became the like one of the Padres' strengths. And I think that, I think that right now it should be viewed as a strength. Like, I think that I don't know how, how do you feel. I think their bullpen is a bigger strength than their starting pitching. And I feel like most people talk about their starting pitching more because um, like oh. they have names, they have some interesting guys, they have depth, but. Like your bullpen is ridiculous. You're eight nine having Suarez and Hader is super super good, and you have a lot of different guys and guys that play a lot of different roles too. Like, yeah. I think it works super well. I think they have a really really strong bullpen. Yeah, I, I don't really think it, it's like emphasized enough. No, it, it really doesn't. It doesn't, man. The bullpen was a big saving factor. I feel like last year towards the back end, and and we had really been saying, you know, like yes, the bullpen's struggling right now. We're gonna get guys back. We're gonna we might trade for a guy out of the bull, out of the bullpen, um, and the bullpen's going to be formidable. And it certainly became a formidable bullpen, a really good bullpen. Um, but you know, going into this year, I feel like it's such a strength that you know the Padres didn't have to go out and acquire much of a reliever. They just had to re-sign their guys because they had guys that were already good. Um, and what doesn't get talked about enough in terms of the bullpen also is that let's say you know we do acquire another starter at the deadline. Let's say. Uh, we do go back to this five-man rotation. You're going to be able to put Nick Martinez or Seth Lugo. Oh damn, sorry. Or Seth Lugo back in the bullpen, and it just becomes that much stronger. They both had great roles. Or I mean, Nick Martinez had a phenomenal year out of the bullpen last year. Seth Lugo had great years out of the bullpen for the Mets. So, um, you know, whoever has to go to the bullpen. I feel like they're going to perform and it just makes the bullpen that much stronger. Nabil Chris, Matt, um, he's going to be a guy that, you know, maybe he doesn't get the opportunity at first, but he, we're going to need some innings from him. He's going to be starting for the Colombian team, I believe at the WBC. So um, kind of ramping up to be able to be that long reliever and maybe make a spot start here and there. So uh, it's a very, we have a lot of arms. I think when you look at the weaknesses of this team, one is going to be back in the back end of the rotation and not in the sense that uh, I I think Nick Martinez is good. I think Seth Lugo is good, but they haven't Nick Martinez has been a starter almost his whole career. Last year was kind of the first time in his life that he really had to come out of the bullpen, but you know, start of his career starter um, when he played, I forgot overseas starter came into the season last year as a starter. So I don't think there's any worries there. Um, Seth Lugo, there's some worries there in terms in terms of him being a starter, but uh, the back end rotation or the depth in general is a little bit of a concern. Not because there's not a lot of guys, but there's to me not a crazy amount of talent. Cole Hamels, um, Brett Honeywell, like there's guys that you're kind of claiming as reclamation projects that are unknown in terms of 
can I rely on them if one of my guys gets hurt? So that's that's one of the weaknesses. The other probably just being like catcher, something like that. But um, you know, it's gonna be interesting to see how how the back another rotation does. But you're definitely right. The bullpen's great. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how strong that how far that can take them to. And we, we saw last year in the playoffs how important that is. So I think that's really big. Another question. Uh, basically, do you guys want us to get uh, an MLS team in San Diego? I don't know. Like, I think it'd be really cool. But also, like, isn't it better if the Padres have like all of the fans? Right. I, I don't yeah. know. I guess it doesn't really hurt. I guess it doesn't really hurt. Yeah, um, I think it'd be great in terms of bringing more of a sports market to San Diego to make to make it be known. Yes, we are a sports town. Just because you didn't see the stands packed at the Chargers games does not mean we're not a sports town. It's a completely different thing. The Padres are putting a winning product, a fun, entertaining product, showing investment into the product they're putting on the field. The Chargers did not do that. Therefore, no one went to the games. It is a completely different prospect, completely different narrative. However, they're trying to paint San Diego as a non-sports town because the bigger sport in America showed the stands for Charger games were not filled with baby blue, navy blue, yellow, white, whatever it was. Um, So I think it'd be great in terms of saying, hey, you know, we are a sports town. We can't fill an MLS stadium. Um, But we already have the stadium. Yeah, they, uh, yeah, you're right. They already have the stadium. Um, but the Padres are getting all the attention has been fantastic, and they absolutely deserve it. Yeah, I don't really know if it would hurt them either. I think no. it, it, it's probably overall net positive, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and yeah, exactly. People just – Chargers were very different. They sucked. They were trash, bro. Everyone showed up when they were good, but when they stopped investing, no one cared. What's the point? It was different, too, because of, like, how horrible the ownership was, like how bad yeah. Spanos was. They had been threatening so, for a long time. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, should they try to trade Pomerantz and shave that $15 million off the books? I think it's 10 mil. I think it's 10 mil. I believe so. I think, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, don't, it, I don't think they're going to be able to – it depends what it would look like. If they have to like give up a prospect and like it's like, oh, is it really worth it? It, it you'd probably have to see a corresponding move, or it'd be like really worth it for them. Like they would trade for someone and do something like that. But I don't even think a team would eat his full contract unless you gave up a pretty significant player. So I would lean probably just honestly hang on to him. Um, if he plays, he plays. If not, he's d- done at the end of this year. And unless there's a big reason, like you can go get someone, then I would probably just keep him. If he's healthy, yeah. he's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the only reason I could see them trading him is saying, "Hey, we'll we'll eat some money. Um, take take this amount. We don't really need him because um, our bullpen's already good as is. But if he's good, he makes our bullpen that much better. So, um, shoot, it, it it might honestly help us keeping him in the end. But I could see why someone would want to trade him right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um. 8.5 AAV. Oh, okay, so it's AAV that it's affecting luxury tax. So yes. not quite as bad. I guess it was a little bit backloaded. Weird. It was <laughs> 6, 8, 10, and 10. Oh. Would have been nice to do it the other way. Yeah, definitely. Makes no sense to do it this way. <laughs> um, but yeah, 
All right. Uh, any any other questions? I know we'll we'll probably finish it up when we wrap it up. We'll probably talk about the AL East real quick. Um, do our projections. We've been going through every team's projections, and then uh, probably maybe in a couple weeks we'll have our full playoff projections, and we'll we'll show you guys those probably at the end of one stream. But what other uh, what other questions we got before we get into the AL East? Um, people talking. Oh, Jose Castillo. He could he could he could compete for a roster spot potentially. Um, Raker, Gill's commenting some names. That's what's interesting. He's coming like just like the deep depth in the Padres bullpen that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, um, there's a lot. Uh, when does Hater's contract expire uh, after the season? And I, I said it on a previous stream, but I think ideally you want Hater to be so good that he prices himself out of playing for your team next year. That's sure. it's worth it. That's that's why you brought him in. You brought him in to try to win. And if he's that good, especially in the postseason it makes your chances of winning a lot higher because he can be the best closer in the game. So yeah. I, I think that you want him, you want him to walk in the theory that he was too good that you couldn't afford him. Um, who's the starting pitchers at, at our first Padres game? <laughs> Walker Lockett. That's a great question. Who was my first? Probably PV or Chris Young for me. I think I have um, a, I have a Chris Young Jersey for like a giveaway. Yeah. I'm guessing he pitched that day. Right. Well, most that likely. might have been my first. You're lucky. Okay, so my dad never took me. I mean, we didn't have too much. Um, so he never took me to a Padres game when I was younger like that. My first Padres game was actually either in high school or um, high school or freshman year of college. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so I didn't go for a long time. My dad took me to to some Charger games when they were in San Diego, um, but never to a baseball game. And I, it's funny, you know, we grew up watching them on TV all the time. Not necessarily all the time, but we tune in quite a bit um, to see, you know, the Myers, Justin Upton, Matt Campera, and then the Chase Headley uh, era. Adrian Gonzalez was my favorite player for a little while. Uh, the Everett Cabrera MVP type season. So we tuned in, but we never really went to Padres games. Um, actually never went to Padres games until I forgot when, but I think the pitcher on the mound was either Joey Lucchese, Eric Lauer, or Clayton Richard. Oh, so it was real nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's crazy. Like, I used to go a lot when I was younger. Yeah. But I, uh... That's kind of cool though, because you're just watching on TV. I, so do you I remember was. like going in the first time? Because I, I don't remember that. Like I don't I, remember. I don't really know what game it was. You know, the first time actually I ever went to Petco Park was um, the home run derby. I went to the home oh. run derby. My dad, uh, you know, we we're fortunate enough to get those tickets to the home run derby, and he let me and my brother go. He got us tickets, and uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Saw John John Carlos Stanton hit nukes, crazy, crazy nukes. So. Uh, that was awesome. That's dude. That that was a really sweet thing. I always wanted to go to the All Star game. I, I didn't get to go, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Respected slugger Clayton Richard. Dang. I'll tell you what. That's one of my least favorite Padres. Clayton Richard. Yeah, I didn't like him. He <laughs> <laughs> was just so boring. Yeah. Uh, Lizzie says, uh, "Who do you think is gonna have a better year, Manny or Soto?" I'm going Soto. I think Soto's uh, gonna go stupid this year. I'm rocking with Juan Soto. I do think that the biggest person, like, it's going to have, like, a 
better than their average year is going to be Snell, though. I think contract year Snell is about to be a different beast, uh, which is sick. I, that's a great pick, by the way. Um, Amazing pick. I, in terms of who I think is going to maybe not even have like a breakout type year because he already technically broke out, but bounce back in a significant way, I think it's going to be Jake Cronenworth. I think last year he came in as the second best option in the lineup. So I feel like teams kind of zeroed in on him, um, him and Manny. Uh, and I thought, I, I think it was quite difficult for him going from maybe the third, maybe the third, but like really the fourth or fifth best option in the lineup to going up to second. Now teams are kind of keying in on shutting you down. Um, I think that was difficult for him. And now that he gets, uh, you know, Xander, Fernando, Soto, Manny, uh, Nelson Cruz, Hassan Kim. I think now that he has this type of lineup protection, I think he's gonna have a phenomenal season. Did you just see that Chase sent us something that had one? Yeah, one Soto at twelve, bro. Can you imagine? Yeah, MLB that? just MLB just dropped their their twenty through eleven list of their top one hundred, and Juan Soto is ranked at twelve behind Trey Turner. Yeah, I don't know about that one. Twelve? <laughs> That's extremely yeah. low. Yeah. They're they're definitely uh, they're definitely weighing him down because of his 2022 season, but that's an outlier, bro. So where is he going to be at next year? Top three, top five, top three. Yeah, it's so stupid when when guys get changed around so much. It's like no, we know what he is, man. Let's yeah, let's not do it year right. to year. Let's do it like what have we seen throughout from like throughout from this guy? Like Juan Soto got worse last year. He got traded. He was all it was all over the place. He had an awful team around him. Yeah. yeah, 12 is 12 is low. Um Very low. Dark horse has to be Grisham. That's a good one. Yeah. Who's your dark horse Padre? Maybe like Nick Martinez. I, 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 really I was almost Martinez. about to say that. That's a good one. I'll try something different. Um Matt Carpenter. Loki, he could be solid. That's, that's a good one too. Let's get uh, some prime Matt Carpenter in here, yeah. Yeah, for like a month or two, that'd be nice. I I don't know. I don't know who I'd have as a dark horse. I, I think I do think Grisham is a great option. Manny Manny was the miss- no, there you go. Good job. <laughs> if Manny was to miss the season, who are you putting at third? Probably Xander. Um great question. I mean, Tatis also projects pretty good at third. Yeah, I actually think – oh, man, if only Xander was willing to move off of short. Um, because ideally I would like Fernando to just play short, Xander to play second, and maybe HSK to play third or something like that. Yeah, you but, could do that. That works too. Yeah, um, but I don't think Xander's willing to move off. Um, still, I would say Hassan Kim. Yeah. Also, back to Dark Horse real quick. Um, some people are Lizzie Gilbo said Honeywell, um, Seth Lugo. Kyle said Seth Lugo's his dark horse. Lugo's a good one. Someone, uh, oh, Gil also said Adam Engel. Good one, yeah. He had a really good season before before last year. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, are there asks, has anyone actually listened to the Coach Contera show on 987? Don't, 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 don't. You like the questions they ask? Don't yeah, don't don't listen to it. Ben and Woods. Ben and Woods. Dude, I think I think some of the questions that get posted on Twitter though are absolutely hilarious. Jeez. There's that one caller. 
I forgot his name. Oh, I know who exactly you're talking about. I forgot his name too. Oh, it's uh, Kevin from Chula Vista. Yep, it's yes. I think that's it. I think it's Kevin from Chula Vista, dude. Those are hilarious. So, so I do have to say those are pretty funny. Um, yeah. You want to talk to AL East? Yeah, let's do it real quick. All right, all right, let's talk AL East real quick. So, AL East, I think it's going to be very, very interesting this year. I think that usually, you know, we see. Yankees, Red Sox up top. The Rays have been good for the past few years. However, I think the Red Sox are going to finish in last. I think they're the worst team in this division. Um, I think their ownership, their GM, just everything front office related, they deserve to fill this year. And I feel like Red Sox fans are probably feeling the same way right now. Um, as you can see, I have Padres gear on me. We stole Xander Bogarts. Like, not stole, yeah. but we signed him away from them. And the Red Sox team is just being completely depleted. The rotation sucks as well. I think they're dead last. I think they're going to be behind the Orioles. I would put the Orioles at four. I think next year we can flirt with them as like a, a legit playoff contender. Um, then I put the Rays at three. I think they take a step back from the past couple seasons. Blue Jays at two. That lineup is stupid. And then the Yankees at one because their pitching is nasty. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Yankees at one. Um, I, I do definitely think they're going to – Maybe not dominate the division, but I do think they're going to finish on top. Uh, Toronto at two. I Great lineup. Um, I don't really know Toronto like that, but I do think they're going to finish at two. That's where they finished last year with 92 wins. I don't really see them going that far off from 92 wins. I think they're a good team. Um, Rays at three. Um, they always just kind of find a way. Randy Rosarena is still there. Uh, Tyler Glass now. I think he'll be back this year. Um, Shane McClanahan, uh, you know, just some really good players over there. I'll go Red Sox at four. Oh, shit, I don't know. Losing Xander is a big blow, man. That is a huge blow. <clears throat> Have you seen the rotation? It's Sale, Kluber, Pivetta, Paxton, and Garrett Whitlock. That's not that bad. I, I, Whitlock's yeah, pretty good. Whitlock, Whitlock's pretty good. Um, Tanner Hook is also pretty good. Um, no, I don't I think like he's. It. He, he's, he's, not, the, he's, he's not he's not there, but but yeah, he I think he's like he can be a starter. Is what yeah, I'm yeah, like say. French guy. Yeah. Um actually don't don't hate that rotation. I, I think I'll yeah, I'll go Boston at four. Um I don't think they're that bad. And I, I just I just don't want to put too much faith in the Orioles yet. I, I think they're just exciting, you know. Like yeah, I think everyone yeah. wants them to be good. They got Adley, it's like there's up and coming team. They have a bunch of high-end prospects. It's like, oh, the Orioles are going to be better. Yeah, they, they didn't really get too much better this season. But last year, like, they had some good pieces. Like, they had a strong outfield. They had a strong bullpen. They're still probably a few, a couple years away. But it's like, yeah. oh, can the Orioles actually be legit in the AL East? Like, that would be pretty crazy. Yeah, and it's fun to think of. Um, I mean, hopefully they're – I just want them to spend more money before – because they, I think they're like bottom five right now on payroll. Um, I mean, the Rays are also, but uh, the Rays kind of just make it work. Um, but I don't know. Recent comments from the Orioles owner, I think it was, said something like, "You know, we're not going to be like those, like those high payroll teams. We're not. We're, we are a small market team. We can't spend like them." Without looking at the Padres, um, we are spending like them. Uh, so that kind of told me like we don't have much of a commitment to putting a good product on the field wolf says apparently the orioles might be moving to nashville 
interesting like that Baltimore's not the spot though. Like the Ravens do really well in Baltimore. Yeah, they're big. Yeah, they're big Isn't in that Baltimore. Weird? Like, That's what I'm saying though. You know, like when the Orioles when the Orioles actually had that little run where <laughs> they were winning and they were in contention for that wild card spot. People were pumped. Like, people were pumped. There were a lot of people showing up. Um but that's the whole thing, man. It all goes hand in hand. You got to put a good product on the field. I hope that they become good and they became like a legit franchise. That'd be cool. Yeah. Sure. just ran. Orioles are moving to Palm Springs. <laughs> Dude. It's too hot. <laughs> they would have an advantage. They'd be used to it. I wouldn't be know. dropping dead on the field. Yeah, Camden Yards is a sweet park, though. It is they beautiful. They shouldn't move. They should just spend money. Exactly, just spend money. Like, go get those top free agents, man. Like, they, I think their payroll is like less than a hundred this year. Yeah, maybe around a hundred. So I feel like the Yankees are like easily the top team to win this division. Do you think the Blue Jays or the Rays have like a legit chance to beat them out or now? Maybe the Blue Jays. I don't think the Rays do. Um, but I think I think the Yankees are are clearly the top. I mean, Garrett Cole, Carlos, their rotation is going to win them a lot of ball games, even if they don't hit um, the way that you kind of expect them to. Uh, but that rotation is going to win them a lot of ball games. It yeah, we, I mean, we talked about it being the best rotation in the league. Some yeah. people might disagree, but it's definitely up there. Oh, a lot of people disagreed. <laughs> <laughs> people, are, people are not happy about that one. <laughs> Yeah, what else we got? Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think that's that's probably it for tonight. Yeah, um, I know we're gonna be talking. Uh, World Baseball Classic starts next Thursday or Friday, so probably Monday. Um, we're gonna be live Monday, seven thirty. I think we're talking about the World Baseball Classic then, as long as Chase doesn't get called into work late, because we're gonna do it this week. But that's what happened. So yeah. we want he, he wants to definitely do that one. So we got to make sure that he's on. Um, but that'll be the next episode we do. Hopefully, if not Monday, then we'll do it Wednesday, five thirty. Um, and that is our schedule now, uh, Monday, 7.30, Wednesday, 5.30, um, spring training. Yeah, game start – I want to say game start Friday, right? Not today, not tomorrow? Friday. Yeah, I think – yeah, okay. That's what I was thinking. But, yeah. All right, guys. Have a good night. Um, super, super pumped for baseball to be back, even though, like I said, not the craziest spring. It's just that, you know, this is this is a season where we're, wait, we're anticipated for the actual season starting, and there's not really anything to decide because the roster is so stacked. So it's not like a lack of excitement. It's like, dude, let's just get on with the season. Dude, I don't really care what's going on in spring training. Yeah, um, sure. yeah I'm definitely excited because this is the best Padres team ever on paper. So we're we're close, right around the corner, which is, which is awesome. But all right, guys, have a good night, and we'll talk to you all later.